Welcome to the Six Hats podcast, where I, Dr. Shani, a lifestyle and nutritional medicine family doctor, will talk about how women strive to find balance each day by juggling their six roles, being a woman, mother, daughter, partner, business owner, and professional. everyone and welcome back to the Six Hats podcast and today I'm really excited to have Kate Lister. Now she is a Pilates instructor with a difference. She's also trained in myotherapy, body arts and science, mindfulness, meditation and is currently studying somatic trauma therapy. This gives Kate a really different edge and this is what we're going to dive into today. So welcome Kate. Hello thanks for having me awesome so Kate I love what you do and I just want to read a little bit more about what you do where you go you educate people and how their bodies work through the education of the nervous system and how sensing and feeling supports greater understanding of the experiences we're having in our environments and I love that that it's so different so I'd love to find out more what makes you so different Yeah, so I think what makes me different in terms of the work that I am doing is that I've I'm very curious and the curiosity has come from my own experiences of wanting to learn about my own body and how I can help so many others truly live within their body and experience the world from the felt sense perspective. I think we tend to be so much in our minds and our thinking. So when we can experience the body from its felt sense, we are truly grounded in the moment. Oh, wow. No, absolutely. I can't actually can picture so many people, including myself, just being constantly in our minds until I was just taught to really be aware of what's happening in in my body. And it's, for example, you know, just tensing our muscles, the lower back, the shoulder, the neck, and what happens over time, it can actually lead to pain and injury, which we're not aware of. So I totally understand. So what do you do that's different? You mentioned obviously the education and Mm -hmm. body work, but how is the experience different for you when patients come to see you? Yeah, so the experience is different because I am helping and supporting and guiding you into learning a new language, which is the language of the body. So I think traditionally we learn to move by thinking So when we can, I suppose, understand what is being felt, that helps to create a broader perspective so we can tune into those chronic pain uh, symptoms like in your neck and shoulders that I think everyone seems to experience. And those are pretty unconscious patterns that we develop through behaviours and relationships and the environment. So when we can learn to tune into those a little more gently and kindly by paying attention, we sort of gain more understanding of our own experiences and why we might be doing these things. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, so true, actually. And, and what have you found in the clients or patients that come to see you? Mm-hmm. What's their journey been so far? Well, it's not linear, of course, like any journey, any kind of health work that people do, you may experience a bit of an opening into something very new, but can also be a little bit uncertain and create a bit of fear because it's so new. So you may even experience more pain or a retreating away from that openness and curiosity. So it's a really interesting process of 
each person that I work with is quite nuanced and their process and journey is quite individual. So it sort of feels sometimes like you take one big step forward and maybe two or three back, but we eventually find a rhythm and a flow. And that all comes down to that openness and curiosity and taking away what we do together into everyday life and the real life circumstances that you face and how you can utilize these ideas in everyday life. No, that's fantastic. So Kate, how does the mind affect the body? And I know it sounds like a strange question, but to be honest with you, in medicine, we have not connected the dots. And that's why in sort of functional medicine, you know, we really advocate how the mind affects the body. And I see it in so many forms. So I'd love for you to explain this a bit further. Yeah, I think to keep it as simple as possible, when we live, we mostly think, you know, the brain is so evolved and the way we get around is through seeing and thinking. And a lot of the research and work out there for somatic-based healing and connecting back to the body is the bottom-up approach, you know, through the body up into the brain and then how we interpret the environments and the perspectives that we see and feel. So Slowing down is essentially the way to help the mind and the body connect more easily. And I think we live in a world that is incredibly fast paced and we're in a very rush culture. So to learn to be at the pace of the body takes a conscious effort to slow down and allow the mind to slow down as well, which is quite tricky. So it's about mindful practices, being or learning rather to be the observer of your thinking and how those thoughts play out in our behaviors and our beliefs. And that itself in itself helps to slow us down and create space to realign the brain or the mind and the body a little bit more in what matters most to you. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, absolutely. And when you were talking about it, I was just thinking, wow, I think a lot of us are living life quite unconsciously. I know it sounds strange, but, you know, a lot of our habits are very automated. And I often tell this to patients if it's not, you know, how you move, but, you know, what you're eating and what habits you do during the day. We actually often, we're actually not aware it's happening very automatically. And I can just see that in the way you're describing how, you know, in terms of chronic pain or any conditions in the body, how are we actually aware of it and what that is perceived in our mind? So, you know, we are consumed in our thoughts and the thoughts could be just the past, the future or social media, (laughs) just exactly social media huge amount of distraction that we're actually not aware of what's happening i completely understand actually do you have any stories to share from clients that have come down your path i've got so many but i'd actually really like to share my own story if that's okay fantastic yes absolutely yeah so i guess i've always been really curious as i said before and i remember as a younger person being disconnected from my body in the sense of how it works and how it feels because I was so focused on what it looks like and through my own self journey and the work that I learned as a student and practicing as a teacher and an educator I was able to come home to myself and learn from the pain that I had whether it was emotional or physical pain and to really understand it from a place of a whole being even though I felt very fragmented. And I suppose I take 
my own experiences into the work that I do to help everyone that I work with to feel that sense of wholeness, the way oftentimes I find the way people communicate about how they're experiencing their body, whether it be through the pain that they're experiencing or physical or emotional pain, it's very fragmented and othering. They almost sort of try and separate it from themselves. As my own experience was feeling very separate or, you know, othered from who I actually was, I was able to bring it back to me and make myself whole or feel whole. And this is the process I like to take with me to help others to really get people to listen to what they're saying about themselves and connect back to that through movement, through mindfulness, through education of the nervous system and identify how what they're saying impacts how they are in that moment and how it relates to the ongoing pain that they may be experiencing. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it's so true because that can actually worsen symptoms or even 100%. symptoms. And I'm just thinking about various scenarios where it can just make the pain worse once you get a yeah. talk. And have you seen that in patients when they come to see you that it's the narrative that they're telling themselves can affect the outcome? Yes, always. <laughs> I hate to say that it's always. It's a contributing factor to the chronic pain. Right, that makes so much situation. You know, what we, I think it's a saying something to do with what we think we believe. Mm. So learning to pay attention to what we're firstly thinking and speaking about ourselves and do we actually believe it? Can we create some space between it and notice the reactions that we have within the body? And that's that somatic body response. So can we identify those and then and notice how they make us feel? And if we can do that, can we choose again? Can we choose something more gentle, more kind, more compassionate towards ourselves so that we can break that cycle, firstly of the belief, but then of the pain? whether it's emotional or physical or both. So, yeah. so true. This leads us on mm. beautifully to talk about self-compassion. I know when we, that, yeah. we just talked endlessly about it. And it's really interesting, yeah. the word even self-compassion, we're not talking about it enough mm -hmm. or important for healing. So first of all, Kate, I'd love for you to just explain to our listeners what exactly is self-compassion? Yeah, I suppose my interpretation of self-compassion goes back to when I needed that the most is how I created the word to evolve for me. And I like to express self-compassion to others as wholehearted love for all parts of yourself, uh, the ability to recognize and see what, what is happening and going on and holding that in high regard for your experience. And I think that's really hard to do, especially as women, really hard to do to hold that space and look at the experience with self-compassion being love and joy, sadness and anger, all of those emotions that we feel, can we actually hold it? And if I think if we can't hold it for ourselves fully and coherently with heart and mind and body, how do we do that for others? How can we do that for others? So true, so true. And if you could give examples of how you are compassionate to yourself, for example, I know mm. 
when you know things don't always go as planned and I used to get really annoyed and be you know just annoyed with myself and now it's sort of just being really kind and saying you know this is out of our control okay let's move on to the next thing just being showing really just kindness to us to myself and that's how yeah self-compassion and that that's okay and often I think we're seeking validation we're seeking support and kindness from others but it has to really mm. start with ourselves to allow ourselves to heal in a way yeah it totally does it has to start with with us as individuals to honor the the parts of us that we may still or have in the past feel judgment towards so when like you said something happens out of your control and we may have in the past judged ourselves harshly for it or criticized ourselves it's about i suppose putting the mirror up to that criticism and judgment and taking a breath and saying i i have no control here the only control i have is how i feel about myself and it creates more space to move with what's happening around us and what's happening for us so that we can surrender essentially to the experience and not get caught up in the judgment and the criticism. And it's not as easy as I probably make it sound. You know, I still to this day have moments of, oh, Kate, you're such, a, such an idiot sometimes, you know. <laughs> and I'm, that's me being human, right? We are humans at the end of the day and we have moments of reactions that are adaptive you know we've the moment we were born we were adaptive because of the situations we were born into so it's not as easy as just flicking on the switch of self-compassion because it doesn't actually exist it's a constant process and practice to reflect an action that change of self-compassion you know it's it's a moment by moment process absolutely so yeah and i also think it really helps in developing resilience yeah, definitely. Yeah, because I was I just reflecting, actually, I had to play the piano in front of a crowd of about 100 people over the weekend. And it was when, oh, beautiful. <laughs> when I really think back to it, you know, experiencing all the symptoms of the fight or flight response, just <laughs> leading up to it mm -hmm. when I was waiting to go on stage. And so I started off OK. And then there was a moment where I did choke and I stopped because I just lost lost that flow. And then I was able to restart mm -hmm. and finish. And I finished with a smile. And I just kind of reflected on it, to be honest, like, you know, years ago or maybe, you know, when I was a child or a teenager, I would have been so upset and maybe I was I would have cried afterwards because it didn't go perfectly. This time round, I was saying, well, do you know what? This is normal. I'm human. There's obviously reasons for it. I've just had not enough practice playing in front of people. And I was just showing myself a lot of compassion, not mm. waiting for others to reassure me. And it was really interesting because I was also looking for reassurance from say my teacher, my piano teacher, or you know, the people that I knew. For me, it was important to give myself reassurance to say, this is normal. You know, this is your first time. Let's just experience what that actually feels like. And believe it or not, you know, people forget the next day you're on another day. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it? Perfectionism in us and that want for that external validation. And, you know, it's so hard because we grow up with that expectation and pressure on us. But it is about you give yourself all of that you validate your experience and you get to relish in the the challenge that you took and experience the good feelings of stepping out of your comfort zone and you know seeing where you go with it 
Absolutely. I think that's so, so beautiful. I laugh at that, Kate, because I was sitting there thinking, why am I doing this? Why <laughs> 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 have I put myself in this situation? Yeah. You're right. It's a great reminder yeah. to, you know, stepping out of your comfort zone, doing something different. It's great. Mm. And it's also mm. sort of part of that building resilience, putting yourself in different situations. And interestingly, I was researching how common it is. It is so common mm. for musicians to choke. And it's just having that practice of playing in front of people. But that's on a sort of a sidetrack. But going back to self-compassion, mm -hmm. definitely we need, we need more of it. And it definitely helps yeah. the healing process because it calms the sympathetic response down as well. And is that something that you find that happens? It does, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely offering people the ability to develop how the heart is beating you know is it a rapid heart because you're feeling that fight or flight response or is it a slow heart beat because you're them and just attuning to that is another way of self-compassion even beyond just a, a word spoken it's a tenderness of connection to self and giving that to people in the moment allows them to build that resilience for self-compassion and and um, feeling more connected. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Kate, for joining us today. And I'd love to know where people can find you. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. So I am at a clinic in South Yarra Spine and Sports Medicine. And you can also find me at Mind Body Integration on Instagram and on my website. I'm also on TikTok, oh, which is quite new for me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I'd ever get on TikTok, but here we go. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. No, absolutely. And I'll put the links in the show notes as well. So thank you so much, Kate. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Remember that this is general advice only. Please see your healthcare professional for more information. So what's your take home message today? Remember, it's all about progress and not perfection. And are you suffering from stress? Visit the Usawa Learning Hub on usawa.com.au for more resources on how to de-stress, re-energize and reclaim your health. Enjoy the journey.